Hey, welcome everybody. Hope you're having a great day. Welcome to Wednesdays live at noon. Glory to God. And uh, we got guests here today. Hello. How are y'all? Good to see you. Good to have you with us. I got some people here uh, at the church with us. I haven't been here in a few weeks, so I'm happy to be back. I've been traveling and it's been awesome, but I'm happy to be here. Uh, today, uh, we're going to give some people some time to join, uh, get online here, so we're just going to talk for a couple minutes, but today we're going to be talking about something that people ask me all the time. Matter of fact, I think I've had four or five people this week to ask me this question. Uh, so we're going to talk about how can I find my purpose and my calling, and uh, how can I find my purpose and my calling, which is funny because... The, both of you that are here today, you both asked me in the last day, how can I find my purpose and my calling? And uh, so we're going to talk about that. Look, go ahead and share the broadcast, and uh, we're going we're gonna to go through the scriptures. We're going to take a look at that. Uh, and be ready. You know, settle in your heart. All right, Lord, I'm going to do this your way. I'm not going to do it my way or how the world's taught me, but I'm going to do it uh, your way, Father. And uh, so praise God. So we're just going to get settled here. So how's everybody doing? Welcome. Let's see here. I'm pulling up. We got back. Uh, I've been traveling several ministry things. Then Nicole and I had a... Uh, Nicole and I both had uh, our anniversary trip that we took together, just her and I, and it was awesome, and uh, really, really enjoyed that. And uh, then we also had, uh, we were on ministry trip down in Tampa, Florida, and uh, that was great. Uh, we were uh, licensed by uh, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, and uh, that was just tremendous. It was so good. Man, I can tell I hadn't opened up this computer in a while. I needed to. <laughs> Let me get up so I can see people's comments here. We had some uh, technical difficulties at the beginning trying to get the, we've had some issues. We actually got brand new internet service here at the church and uh, it was tremendous. Like it was a great, great thing, uh, very fast, but we've had issue with it and we've got to get that fixed for sure. So anyway. Priscilla's back there. I can hear her testing all the sound and everything. So we just welcome you. How can I find my purpose and my calling? Or here's another thing that's very important. How can I uh, continue in what I'm doing and do it to the full in my purpose and calling? A lot of people, they know their purpose and calling, but they're really not uh, doing the things they need to to advance towards that. Uh, what can we do to make those things happen? Uh, I think that's really important. So, all right, let's see here. Dum to doom. There we go, getting to the page. Welcome, everybody. We welcome you. In just a second, I'll be able to see who's online here. Thank you. And uh, Barrett and Paul, they are with a youth trip. The youth are having a blast. They are learning about the Lord. Hey, there I am right there. I just pulled up. Glory to God. And uh, anyway, I wish they were here with me. I always enjoy having them. They handled it while we were out of town and uh, did the Wednesdays at live at noon. Thank you for joining with us. And we're looking forward here to 
uh, everything that God has for us. Let's see here. Boom, boom, boom. Trying to get on so I can see everybody. Has somebody said anything yet? Say hello. Say hello. Let us know where you're watching from. Oh, yeah. Hey, Laura. She was at a meeting up there when uh, I went to go see Teddy, and uh, he had me get up and talk a little bit. It was good. Who? Oh, cool. Hello. Hey, Pastor Nicole. Hey, Kendall. Huh? Debbie Myers. Hey, Debbie. Good to see you. Thank y'all for calling them out to me. Is there anybody that's on there that's been interested now or at some time in how you can figure out your purpose and your calling? Anybody that besides me? I've had that moment where I was like, man, okay, now I can see everything. Kendall said, hello, my wife from Baden, North Carolina. Hello, baby, I love you. Good to see you. Priscilla, Holly, y'all are sitting here with us. Laura said, hey, I can't see what that... Uh, icon is that emoji she sent Larissa hello Larissa good to see you amen was oh, a wave hand because I'm on my computer I couldn't see it Ashley Melton glory to God hey Ashley good to see you I think you'll enjoy this too Ashley and uh, so praise God. All right, well, let's, uh, let's jump in. Let me tell you, I, I don't know anybody who at some point during their walk with the Lord has not said, uh, hey, Bonnie Slim, I know who that is. And um, I, haven't, I don't know anybody in their walk with the Lord uh, who has never wondered, like, what's my purpose? What's my point in being here? What am I doing? And a lot of times I, I would say if we don't know our purpose and calling, we can get uh, discouraged because we don't know what that purpose and calling is. And so people want to know uh, what is their purpose and calling. Uh, now, and I will say right out of the gate is, is this, just because you don't know what your purpose and calling is right now, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged, but actually you just start praising God. Um, start praising God that, hey, my desire is to fulfill the heart of God. And if my desire is that, he's going to show me, he's going to help me, and uh, I'm going to go to him and he's going to fulfill that. Many times people are fulfilling their purpose and calling and they don't even realize they're doing it. Uh, that's one thing that's very important. But at the same time, there's many people who need to be more focused on their purpose and calling because they're not doing anything. And uh, they need to say, hey, Lord, what do you want me to be doing? And we're going to cover some of that. This is not going to be uh, teaching on, on this that goes into every little detail of your purpose and calling. It's not meant to be that. It's just going to be kind of an introduction. Uh, Bonnie waved at me, hello, and uh, Ashley Amen. Fire of God around here, the best around here. Glory to God. Uh, so one of the things what I want you to do is you're going to know people that need to hear this, that this is going to give them a base and a foundation for their purpose and calling. No matter what it is or what direction it is, this is going to give them a base for it. You know people that need it. You also know people that are in their purpose and calling uh, that need to continue in it. Many times we can get bored uh, where the Bible says don't get weary and well-doing. Many times people can be in their purpose and calling but not feel 
like they're accomplishing anything. And this teaching will be important to that as well. Uh, so go ahead and share it. Uh, we are, it looks like in the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at getting our website live. Uh, the podcast is actually up on iTunes now. You can go get a, a sample of that early on. And uh, But we're going to be putting out those podcasts twice a week on Tuesday and Thursday. Those are coming up soon. And uh, hey, Miss Vicki Berenger, good to see you. Uh, welcome. And uh, But the podcasts are going to be coming out. That's going to be at whatsright.com. That website is not active yet, but it is coming very soon. I've got some scheduled uh, time to get that all up and going and get on there what we need it. So we're looking forward to that. I literally this morning, uh, the Lord was giving me some ideas for those podcasts and for these live broadcasts. So what we do is we'll have the podcast on Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, you can pull them up, listen to them. On Wednesday, it'll be live and interactive. So if you've got questions, it's a great time uh, to interact online with us. We want it to be a little bit different flow than a, from a podcast. And so that'll be every Wednesday at noon. So throughout the week, we'll have content coming to you, helping to, for your life to go higher. Uh, one of the podcasts, one that I'm finishing up right now is uh, really how to be led by the Spirit or how not to mess up God's plans. <laughs> uh, you know, 13 ways to not mess them up, you know. And uh, so that's what the first one's going to be. The one I thought about this morning that is how to not lose. And uh, amen. Can I get an amen? How to not lose. Uh, anybody ever needed that? How to not lose. I needed that. And uh, so we're going to talk about that. There's some scriptures that literally talk about how to not lose and how to win. And uh, so this that today, I want to say this morning, today we're going to talk about how can I find my purpose and my calling. And the first thing I want you to do is let's go to Jeremiah uh, chapter 29 and verse 11. I know y'all have heard this verse before. I want to look at it clearly. And if somebody could enter that in, Jeremiah 29, 11. My Bible should be where it almost opens right to it. Now this is a plan... Uh, and I love verse 11 through the beginning of 14. I love what it says here and what it lays out. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me. Now right here we see uh, how God thinks about you, what plan he wants to unveil in your life. Uh, he's got it already uh, wrapped up. The other thing is that you start to see one of the ways of God. And we know that his ways are holy. We operate in his ways, we win. We don't operate in his ways, we don't. And uh, so we will not find out these ways of God and always operate in them. So look here, he says, I know the plans. Then he says, verse 12, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. The Lord says, hey, I'll listen to you. And we know from other scripture, when we come at him with our whole heart, which is what it's about to say. Verse 13, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Verse 14, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. So one of the things that we need to do is we need to make sure... How many people, when you're talking to the Lord, you want the Lord to hear you? You want to know that he's hearing you. He has declared, I'll hear you when you seek after me with your whole heart. Now, what I learned from this is don't be biased. Many times we enter into a situation and we're biased. What we really want is we want the Lord to tell us uh, what we want. 
Well, you can't do that. That's not seeking him with all your heart. That's partially I'm seeking the Lord. Partially I want what I want. And that's a biased heart. And when we do that, we can literally, our brain is so powerful. God's made it so powerful. Our brain will start to fill in the gaps. And we'll think that the Lord is actually telling us to do things. And it wasn't the Lord. It was our brain making it up. But we're convinced it was the Lord. I know I've done that in my life. I've heard many, many other people who have done the same thing. And so when we're going to the Lord specifically, what's our life plan? What's our calling? What's our purpose? We don't want any of that made up by our own brain or in our own bias. We need to hear from the Lord. But God gives us this promise. If we'll go after him, then he will he will hear from us and he will share with us. And this is how we get into his plan. We come to him unbiasedly. So the first thing in knowing uh, in, in your purpose and calling is know, one, that God has a plan, a purpose and a calling. Two, know that we get there and we start to walk in it by being unbiased and seeking him with all of our heart. This is very important. So many people, they want to be... Uh, uh, let me give you an example of this. So many people, they want to be used by God, but they are carrying everything the world taught them into their seeking after the Lord. And when they, when they seek after the Lord in that way, they don't realize it's already tainted because they brought bias in. And so now they go their whole life down a plan that was biased and that was tainted. We don't want that. We want it to be pure, straight from the Father's heart, straight from His lips. We want the plan to be exactly what He wants it to be. Uh, in order to do that, we have to make sure uh, that we are unbiased in our approaching Him. Uh, many times, for example, uh, in America, our, our, the American church is very centered on the pastor. I would say they're cent pastor-centric. Um, they, in other words, if anybody rises above the crowd, uh, we almost always tell that person, you got a call on your life. And if they got a call, they must be a pastor. Well, see, we've kind of gone that direction in America, but that's not necessarily so. You've got apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And if you've got somebody who's evangelist trying to operate in a pastoral office, that's one of the worst things that can happen. You don't want that. But because we're biased in our society towards that and our thinking is that direction, many times we get people in the wrong place doing the wrong thing, not even using their gifting. That's where bias has come in. The other thing is, uh, you know, a lot of times what I've found is if somebody just rises above the crowd, we think they got a call on their life. Uh, maybe the crowd is below par. Maybe they're below average and this person's just coming up to average. That doesn't mean they're called to the office of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. It just means they're a normal Christian. You know, this is what, and, and listen, there's going to be more of those than there are with a call for the fivefold ministry. Uh, in our church today, uh, in America, everybody wants to be something. Everybody wants to have something. That's a bias. And listen, one of the strongest things you can be is a Christian in their place doing what they're called to do. That is a great, great job. And that doesn't mean that they're preaching all the time. It doesn't mean, you know, we want to have everybody in America wants to have in the church it seems like wants to have a ministry well I'm called to do this and I'm called to do that and I'm going to touch on that in just a second because that's actually very uh, very dangerous 
Um, because when everybody wants to have a ministry, they don't focus on what their ministry actually is. And a lot of times we want our ministry because honestly, if we just break it down to the roots of it, we want to be known for something. Well, that's the same thing that got people in trouble at the Tower of Babel. At Babel, they said, we want to make our name great. Not the Lord's name great, our name great. So in order to enter into a purpose and a calling correctly, uh, the first thing is we got to know that God has a plan. Two, we go after him with all our heart and we're not biased. But we, gotta, we have to focus on this. Lord, I'm not in this and I don't want to know my purpose and calling to make my name great or to feel good about myself. I want, I want to be in my purpose and calling to make your name great. So three would be to make his name great. I want to I remember I need to make his name great. If I don't do these things, then I'm going to be off. I'm in my plans. I'm going to be off on those. I've got to be about it for his, uh, for his glory, not for my own. One of, the, one of the things that people want to do, you'll notice this a lot of times when people have uh, money. You know, there's people that have money that are wealthy that actually give more than people in the church all the time. And what do they give for? Because they want to feel good about themselves. They know that when I give, actually what they're living by is to give is better uh, than receive. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that's important, they understand that it's more blessed to give than receive. Although they might not know that or acknowledge that, many people even in the world have found that to be true. So they start to give and what happens? They feel better about themselves. Many times people want to be in a purpose and a calling giving because they want to feel better about themselves when they actually should be feeling better about themselves through their relationship with Jesus, not through just their giving. Yes, giving is a blessing. But if I make giving alone the source, then I skip over my relationship. So you've got a lot of people like, famous people that are actually uh, trying to walk in the goodness and feel good about themselves by their own works instead of because of meeting Jesus Christ. They don't want to yield. They don't want to submit. And so they're doing it, trying to do it by their works. This is the same thing in people's uh, purpose and calling is they want, to, they want to feel good like they've accomplished something by their works instead of through relationship first and it's relationship that spurs the purpose and the calling. Uh, remember the verse, Acts 17, 28. In Jesus, in Him, in our relationship with Him, in our walk with Him, through Him, the life in Him, through Him we live and move and have our being. And you can say it like this. In Jesus we have our purpose and our calling. It comes through the relationship. So Four, I would say, is, is make sure that your relationship is where it needs to be. Our purpose in calling is a function of our relationship with Christ. So I've watched people through the years, and I've even done this myself, where my relationship with Christ every day was not where it needed to be, but I just functioned through my works, and I functioned through my purpose and calling, and that is the wrong way. I've got it backwards. That's the cart before the horse. I've got to get my relationship right, and then my purpose and calling will start to just work. Many people try to work their purpose and calling. Remember, uh, a man's gift will make a way for him, the Bible says. 
So a lot of times what will happen is the gift that they have will start to make a way for him, and he just tries to function in that gift alone. He just tries to utilize that gift alone without relationship with Christ, and the purpose and calling very quickly will tank because that's not the design. The design is keep my relationship, my intimate fellowship uh, with Jesus on, on point, and then my purpose and calling will establish itself. Now, go back here to Jeremiah 29, 11, and I want you to see this. Get this very clear. God says, I know the plans I have for you. God has plans for you. God has a purpose for you. God has a calling just for you. And then those plans, he tells us this. Those plans are plans for welfare or to do well or to fare well in life not for calamity, but to give you a future and a hope. Now listen to this clearly. God's plans for you are never for calamity. He says it right here. He makes it plain. If calamity happens, that was not in God's plan. Why? Because he has a plan for you that's to give you a future and a hope and for you to fare well, to do good, not for calamity. So in your purpose and calling, he's got something that will give you a future. He's got your future laid out. It will give you a hope. In other words, it'll bring about a joyful, confident expectation. It will bring about these things in your life. If we're not seeing those things, then we need to reassess. Where am I at? How do, what does this look like? Am I living out my purpose and calling or do I just think I am? Is my purpose and calling out of line because I'm putting it first instead of relationship with God? And all of these things, they, start, they can affect our whole future and they can affect the plan of our life. And we need to back up and say, hey, what am I doing? I will tell you that you know we've been pastoring for 10 years. I've been ministering for close, well, it has been 20 years now. I've been ministering for 20 years, and I've been born again uh, for almost 40 years in a, in, a, in a year. So a year and a half, less than that. I'll be born again for almost 40 years. I, on a regular basis, on a very, very regular basis, I go back and I check. How's my foundation in these things? In my purpose and calling, is my relationship right? Am I walking in any kind of bias? I check these things in my life because I've learned that if these things get off, then all of a sudden my whole purpose and calling, even though I know I'm in my place, I know I'm doing what I'm doing, I can get off track by letting those things slip. It's something that we need to walk in on a regular basis. So he has a plan, a good plan for you, a good purpose, a good calling. Now, we're just cracking this thing open. Share it. Share it. You know somebody that needs to hear this. Share that broadcast. Hit the share button. Share it with your friends. If you need to say, hey, I know somebody needs to be hearing this right now, send it to them directly. Do what you got to do. But this is a question that I get asked all the time. What's my purpose and calling? I'm about to give you some details on how to figure it out and how to move into it. All right, so now uh, one, of the one of the first things you need to do as well is let the Lord build it. Let the Lord build it. Let's go to Psalms 127. Psalms 127. <laughs> and verse 1. Verse 1 and 2. Unless the Lord builds the house, 
They labor in vain who build it. In other words, if God's not building your purpose and calling, you are laboring in vain. In other words, you're actually operating under a function of pride. If God's not building the house, if he's not building the purpose and calling. Now, why is this important? Because many people, what they'll do is they'll, say, they'll get hungry. Remember the devil, here's how he works. The first thing he tries to do, the devil tries to keep you away from God. If he can't keep you away from God, then he tries to make us lukewarm. If he can't make us lukewarm, then he tries to derail the plan and or either burn, get you on the wrong path or kill you quickly by burning you out. And so what he'll do is he'll take the good things that people have and he'll try to use those to deceive them through a slight bit of pride and all of a sudden they're off. In other words, what am I, what am I talking about with the purpose and calling? All right, he hasn't been able to keep you away from God. You've decided I'm going to be a fan of God. I'm going to be a fanatic for him. I'm going to be hot for him. I'm not going to be lukewarm. I'm going to do something, right? You've made a stand. And now all of a sudden you make this stand. I'm going to do something. And he says, good. And the devil, good. You're going to do something. Well, now let me throw a little bit of pride in there. Let me try to get you a little bit. And let's get you. You're going to do something. Let's get you doing something in the wrong direction, saying it was God the whole time. And so what he does is he mixes a little bit of pride in there. He, he, he gets you on something that you really like. Maybe the world is talking, well, you need to be, you need to show everybody, you know, how big you are, how great you are. And you would never say that in your mouth. But in our hearts, a lot of times, we can be a little bit biased. I've, I have. Maybe you haven't, but I have before. And then all of a sudden, we try to make something. We try to be something in our purpose and calling. Well, I won't, I'm supposed to speak. Now, there's a lot of people that don't want to speak. They don't want to be on a platform. Uh, and that can be a problem because maybe they're supposed to be there. Or maybe there's somebody that they want to be there, but that's the problem because they're never supposed to be there. But they want to be known for something. And now all of a sudden, he, we formulate this own purpose and calling in our own hearts and minds, and God didn't build it. And all of a sudden, we go our whole life down a path that God never ordained. Well, what has he done? He's made you ineffective in the kingdom. He's, he's taken what you were supposed to be uh, doing and he's gotten it sidetracked. Or they'll get into their purpose and calling. The last part is, and he tries to burn them out. He tries to put on and tries to get them to work too hard. He gets them in fear. Uh, time is short. This is not a teaching on that, but this is, the, this is the four areas, the ways that he likes to move. And we need to be wise about this because this is what sidetracks so many people all the time. And what he'll do is he'll get them, he'll get them to accept the weight of ministry, the weight of their purpose and calling, and he burns them out. They die early, never giving everything that God had for them. So uh, one of the things, that's what he'll do. Well, in finding our purpose and calling, one of the biggest things he wants to do is sidetrack us. So what he can do is he can actually get us so hungry to find our purpose and calling that we're not doing anything that we're actually called to do. God's not building. And we'll want to find it so much that we'll formulate it ourselves. I'm going to show you in just a second how this happened in the Bible exactly. Uh, so, But let's look at this. Unless the Lord builds the house, unless the Lord builds the purpose, unless he builds the calling... 
then it's you're laboring in vain. You're in pride. Don't try to formulate something. Let him establish it. Let him establish it. And then, you know, if we want something so bad that we can taste it, and then all of a sudden you've got people in church who want to be known for something, so they just give a word to anybody. And and you're called to be a pastor and prophetic word. And you're called to be a pastor. And you're a prophet. And you're an apostle. And it's like because they want to be known for something, they're willing to give a word that wasn't God. And then that person wants to be known for something, so they're like, yes, I do want to do that. I do want to. And all of a sudden you've got all these different purposes and callings flying around and, and almost none of them are the Lord. This is, this, is, this is funny. This is how it works a lot of times. I just did this, boom, boom, boom. And as I'm talking to y'all and I'd settled down, I saw me on the screen going, boo, boo, boo. It looked really weird. It caught my attention. <laughs> it's, I don't know how much of a delay it is, but probably 20 seconds or so, but that was funny. Um, anyway, so what you have is you've got people uh, who are wanting to hear from God, but they still have a little bit of pride mixed in. They still have a little bit of, I want to be known as something mixed in. And all of a sudden, they're, they're doing things they were never called to do. I, I'm convinced, I am completely convinced that the majority of churches in America were not opened by God. And not only that, I'm convinced it's because people were one in division and they wanted to be open. and They wanted to go do something that was their own. I'm also convinced that the majority, and, and you know, get me in trouble if you want to, but I'm convinced because it's a big problem, is I'm convinced the majority of pastors in the pulpit are not actually pastors. They're another office or they were just somebody who came above average and people tried to shoehorn them into a position. Uh, this, I believe that as we see the church boil down to what it's supposed to be, I think we're going to see churches closed that were never supposed to be open. I think we're going to see uh, people that are in the pulpit that were never supposed to be there. They're going to finally step out and say, you know what, I'm not supposed to be here. Because I think the Holy Spirit's going to be cleaning up some of these things. Well, this is how we don't ever have to start that problem if we will be honest in our, our search of the Lord for our own purpose and calling. Let the Lord build it. Let him build it. So he says here, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. Uh, in other words, you've got to have the Lord's part, part in this. And it's got to be what's the Lord's part is not your part. His part is to write that on your heart. His part is to speak to men and women of God who have an authority in your life uh, to verify it, to confirm it. His part is to confirm it in your heart, uh, the, your leader's hearts, and the people's heart. Whatever your purpose and calling is, it needs to have basically acceptance and confirmation from four different groups of people. Uh, the first one being God himself. It has to be God's plan. Second plan, second thing is, it has to be recognized by your leaders. It has to be recognized by the elders in your life or the spiritual authority. Uh, number three, it has to be recognized in your own heart. You have to accept it. And number four, it has to be recognized by people. You know, you can have somebody, you know, they're, they're an apostle living, you know, living in their mom and dad's basement 
And all of a sudden they're apostle. Okay, well, where's the people that acknowledge your gift? You know, you can say that all day long, but and maybe you are eventually called to be that, but go do what God told you to do now until that actually is, is established. So many people, what they do is they try to build it themselves. A lot of times the Lord will start sharing with you some things he wants for you in the future. Okay, great. Lord, I see that. Just because he shares something with you doesn't mean you go out and start it today. I think that's what trips up a lot of people is they, they start getting an inkling in the spirit of what they're called to, of what they're purposing. And then they go and try to make it. He wasn't telling you to go start it today. In being led, you got to know two things. you got to know what. And the second thing you've got to know is the when. You can't, you've got to know the what and the when, and God is big enough to make both those things clear to you. And just because you hear the what doesn't mean the when is today. Seek him for that timing. Lord, is this your time? He'll let you know. He'll put a pause in your heart. No, it's not time yet. I just want you to start praying it out. And so one of the things, uh, oh, let's say hello. Miss Dixie, hello. Miss Jade was able to get online. Dina Collins, hello. Miss, Miss Colleen, good to see you. Amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. See if there's any. Uh, Archie, Pastor Archie, I hope to see you next week, Pastor. That'd be awesome. And uh, so, anyway, in, in your uh, calling, you have to make sure that you're not out there in front of the Lord and you've got to let Him establish the thing. Don't get in pride. You've got to hear the what and the when. And so, a lot of times, people will start to feel and sense in the Spirit what they're called to, but then they try and go make it happen today. And God wasn't saying that for today. He was saying that so you would start praying in the Holy Ghost over it, start praying out the mysteries, you know, where the word, the road to get there is curvy. You'll start straightening it out where the road to get there had pits and potholes and it had trash on it. Through prayer, you'll start knocking that stuff off the road. It'll be smooth sailing and it'll be fast because it'll be a straight road to get there. But you do that through prayer. And so through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. That's in Hebrews 6, 12. And uh, hey, Nicole, good to see you. Haven't seen you in a long time. Went to high school with uh, Nicole Whitman. Good to see you. And uh, so when we're talking about our purpose and calling, we've got to let the Lord build the house. We can't be in bias. We can't be in pride and vanity. We've got to let him build it and don't jump the gun. And let be willing to wait for the confirmations. You've got to know it from God. You've got to know it from your spiritual authorities. You've got to know it uh, in your own heart. And you've got to have it, uh, in, you've got to have it in the people's heart. In other words, if I tried to get up here and I said I was a pastor, but then nobody ever listened to me, nobody ever received me as their pastor, I probably don't have that calling yet in action. Uh, if I got up here and I tried to be a pastor and none of my leadership saw in me the gift of a pastor... I'm in trouble. I'm trying to force something. And this is why one of the things about letting God build the house is you need to submit to your spiritual authorities. I have stuff all the time. Literally just uh, last week I'm on the phone with all my pastors. Hey, I believe God's given me this vision. I believe this is where we're going. I believe this is what we're doing. Uh, I believe that's what he's told me. What do you think? 
I need confirmation from my leadership. I need that they're picking up the same thing. Why? Because grace flows through humility. And in Psalm 133, we also see that the anointing flows through connection to our spiritual leaders. I need grace. I need the anointing. I've got to submit myself. So I'm not wasting time when I'm getting confirmation from my spiritual leadership. No, I'm actually improving my position uh, in the stock market. You can improve your position when something goes, uh, goes low or goes high. There's different ways to do it. You can improve your position that you have by making other moves. When, when you seek after your spiritual authority's leadership and their confirmation, you are improving your position. You're making your base wider. You're making your foundation stronger. You're drawing in more grace. You're drawing in uh, more of the, the anointing that you need in your life. This is not wasted time. This is time that we need. Many times what happens is the devil will do this. He'll say, look, time is short. Jesus come back soon. We can agree with that. That's true. Time is short. Jesus is coming back soon. But then he'll take that and he'll use that good thing, that God thing, that truth. He'll twist it to get fear in your heart that if you don't go do something now, you're wasting time and God's not pleased with you. Listen, my pleasing of God comes from my relationship with Him, not by what I do. Yes, what I do can be pleasing to Him, but He's already pleased with me. He announced that to the world with men whom He's pleased. Listen, when Jesus came, when Jesus came, it changed everything. He's pleased with us. Now, I can be more effective and productive, and I can build the kingdom or not build the kingdom, and I should. God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So, there are benefits to me doing the things of God, and I should. And he can be more pleased with me, yes. But I don't need to let time being short turn into a fear in me that now that fear drives me to go and build my purpose and calling without God's input. And that's what the devil's after. He's always trying to get us off of God's plan. So if you carry on uh, in this, in verse 2 it says, It's vain to rise up early to retire late. To eat the bread of painful labors. For he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. So uh, what have we covered so far? What we've covered is, look, we've got to go after God. We've got to recognize he's got a good plan. We've got to see that we can't come to him biased. Uh, we can't do that. We can't let the devil get us in fear. We can't take the good things of God and uh, turn them into a negative because we let him let get us off track. Right? We, we can't be in pride where we're looking for something so much. I want to be used. I want a title. I want to be used by God. I just want to do good things for the kingdom so much that we reach out and grab a hold of something that God didn't put into our lives. These are key. Now, I want you to see this. What did Adam do? What did Adam do? I want you to see a way of God. Adam was about the father's business. So here he is in Genesis, and God says, Hey, I want you to keep this garden. I want you to name the animals, right? He's, he's about the father's business. All he's doing, listen to this, all he's doing is exactly what God told him to do. And when he did what God told him to do, then all of a sudden God recognized a need in his life, or God recognized something that he needed that he didn't have, like to know his purpose and calling. In this case, he needed a, a helpmate. He needed a help. He needed Eve. He said, "Look, he needs he needs a wife." 
And so God says, while he's after my business, I'm going to be after his. While he's after my business, I'm going to take care of his. And if God needs to do it, he stopped what he was doing, created Eve from nothing, basically took the rib, created her, right? And, and then said, look, I'm going to give you to Adam. So Adam was doing what God had already told him to do. And all of a sudden, he, he took and made Eve to fill the need in Adam's life. You may have a need to know what your purpose and calling is, and one of the best keys I can give you is just be about whatever he's told you to do so far. Don't make it up. Don't be, you know, if Adam would have been so disturbed about what's my purpose and calling, he wouldn't have been actually doing what God asked him to do. And then God probably wouldn't have had the ability to make what it was. He would have had to handle Adam's issue over here. Get this straight first. Just be about my business. This is biblical. This is a way of God. In Matthew 6, uh, seek first, 633, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. So Adam was seeking first what God said to do already. And then God said, I'll add all things to you. And he added Eve to his life. Your purpose and calling comes about not by you just seeking after it all the time. No, God will build the house. Your purpose and calling and every provision in your life comes about by seeking first him and his kingdom, his kingdom and his righteousness. The things of the kingdom and his righteousness, you do that and God will give you that purpose and calling. What will happen is you'll be about the father's business, you'll turn the corner of life and all of a sudden you'll run smack into your purpose and calling. Didn't even realize it was that close and all of a sudden there it is. Now, if you get unbiased, if you get biased in it, not unbiased, but if you get biased in this, one of the things that can happen is what happened to the disciples. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. Now see, in the disciples' minds, now they had been with Jesus for three years. In the disciples' minds, they were sitting there going, hey, we're looking for a Messiah. We're looking for a king. And they were looking for a king that would come in and, and on his war horse, wipe out every country that was holding Israel back. And it would make Israel physically a nation again so strong. And this is what they were looking for. Now listen, in their head, they had a bias towards what the Messiah would look like. And even hear this. Even after three years of spending time with Jesus personally, they still had this idea. And so in Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, it says, Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait uh, for what the Father had promised, which he said, You heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, that's a great promise. But watch what they do. Where do the disciples' minds go to immediately? Immediately the disciples' minds go to. Uh, so when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? Let me say it another way. Lord, is it at this time that you're making our kingdom great again? Lord, is it at this time that you'll give us my kingdom? Lord, is it this time, is it then that I'll get my ministry, my calling, 
my purpose. They were what we call here at the church is they were my kingdom minded or my ministry minded. And it's on people so much that we literally warn our, our leadership about it. Like watch for this mindset because if you see this mindset, it's dangerous. Right? And they were my kingdom minded. This is the same thing that happens in churches across America. Uh, don't go to that church. Come to my church. I'm sorry. This is Jesus' church. You've got to understand, if they go to any of Jesus' church, they're going to be doing okay. Right? It's not all about my church. We had a statement several years ago, and this is what we said. We said, we are not the best church. We are a part of the best church. Right? We're not the best church. We're a part of the best church. Why? Because we want to get it in people's head that, look, our church is not the only church. We have a job. We have a call. We have a function. We have a vision in this area, in this community, and we know what it is. But our vision and our calling is different from some other churches that are here in town. We know that. And just because God calls them over there doesn't make them the enemy. Just because God calls them over here doesn't make them their enemy. It, we're all a part of the body, every joint supplying in this area and in this region. We've got to understand that God has a kingdom, and it's not my kingdom, your kingdom, your kingdom. It's not my ministry, your ministry. When you get that mindset, you will immediately be off base because you'll be trying to build your kingdom and your ministry instead of the kingdom and his ministry. And that'll be, that'll be the problem. So many times, see, they were about to get off track here. But then he goes on to say, he corrects them and says, it's not for you to know that those times and seasons. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. In other words, now watch what they were about to do. They were about to take the power of God that was designed to turn them into witnesses for God, and they were wanting to take that power and advance their kingdom. They were wanting to take that power and advance their calling. They were wanting to take the power of God and advance their purpose. Now, here's the thing. Wait, take God's power and advance what he's called me to do? That doesn't sound bad. No, it doesn't unless it's off track and the heart is off. Now, who's building the house? Is God building it? Or are we building it? So you can see our purpose and calling, it can be so easily swayed if our heart is ever so slightly off in that. And what we really need to do is we need to learn how to relax in it. Just be about God's business and what he's told us to do right now. And God will take what we need and he'll put it in our life right when we need it. He'll give us the purpose and the calling right when we need it. The number one thing that I've seen as a problem in people's purpose and calling is that they don't actually seek after the Lord to do anything. The number two thing after they've decided that problem is that when they decide to go after the Lord, they go after that after their own personally, my kingdom, my ministry, my purpose, my calling, so much they're knocked off of the plan that God actually had for them. And now what they'll do, so imagine this. Let's say, let's say that uh, somebody is called to come into a church and support it and win souls. Let's say God's called an evangelist, right? And he's going to put him in the office of an evangelist or put her in the office of an evangelist. Uh, well, where's that evangelist going to get the training to do that? In the church where God plants them. 
That's where he's going to teach them how to do, what to do. And that's where, that's where his vision's going to come through. It's going to come through that place. It's going to come through the place where God has planted them. You know, uh, one, one of the things I said is, look, just chase God, not the calling. 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 Chase God, not the calling, right? If you chase him, you will find everything you need. In him, we live and move and find, uh, in him, we live and move and find our being. In him, we live and move and find our being. Um, Amen. Uh, Tiffany said, that's good. Are we building or is God building? Glory to God. Hey, Tiffany. Hey, John. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. And Zach and Nicole, good to see you. So we've got to chase God and not chase the calling or the purpose. So many times I see people chasing the purpose. If you look over in Acts chapter 13, uh, you see where Paul uh, is... Paul and Barnabas are separated. They're ordained. The Holy Spirit, God says, separate them. And then the elders say, this is good. They're to be separated. Then Paul and, uh, Paul and Barnabas, they say, we, we believe it's right too. We're to be separated and ordained as apostles. And then you can see that the people accepted them because when they went to start those churches, they, they started, right? So one of the things that happens is in Acts 13 is you see that what were they doing before they got to Acts chapter 13? Before they got to Acts chapter 13, what were they doing? Winning souls being a part of the body that God called them to. They were in fasting and prayer. They were just doing what they were supposed to do. They were chasing God. And as they chased God, God cleaned up all the other stuff. And before they knew it, God said, you know, just like Adam, they were about the Father's business. And God said, oh, I need to, I need to do something in their life. Seek Him first, His kingdom and His righteousness, and God will establish the purpose and call it. And He put it on them. And he said, hey, I need you doing this. And all of a sudden the purpose and the calling came. But see, many times people are not fulfilling what God's already told them to do, like winning souls. You know, oh, well, I, I have a ministry. Okay, how many people are you winning? You know, one of the, one, I cannot stress enough how important it is for believers to have as one of their number one priorities to win souls. How many, how important is it for believers to win souls? Well, see, if you're a minister of God or you have a purpose and a calling here on this earth, everything boils back down to winning souls. And if that's not at the core of who you are, if that's not at the root of who you are, then what you're passing to the people that you minister to in your purpose and calling, you know, quote unquote, what you're passing to them is actually not, doesn't have the right foundation. Be a soul winner. He's told us to do it. Matthew 28 in the Great Commission. Win souls. Make disciples. Right? Reproduce. A, a tree that doesn't have fruit is an abomination. Reproduce. There's one season. Be productive. We've got to, if you want to find your purpose and calling, become a soul winner. Become a soul, be, become a soul winner. You know, we've got to see that. Uh, We've got to see that doing what God's already told us to do is so important. Another thing, don't forsake the assembling together of the saints, right? In other words, be in your place where God, he says, he's placed us in the body. 
Well, a placement in the body means that we're adding to the body. We're giving of ourselves. We, we're giving of our resources. Uh, today I walk into the church and, and, uh, and there's some folks that are here and they're, all, they're giving of themselves into the body of Christ. You know what they're doing? They don't even realize it. They're finding their purpose and their calling. God is establishing some stuff. They're being used by God by being obedient, being about his business. And what they don't even realize is the answer to the question about how to find your purpose and calling is let God be used. Let you be used of God right where he's already told you to be, where he's planted you in the body. You know, if, you're, if you go to Boomerang or not, if you have been planted in the body, then you need to be asking, what can I do to help add to that? Because every joint in the body supplies. Am I supplying? Am I supplying? Am I winning souls? Am I supplying myself into the body where I'm planted, right? But then it says this in Psalms 92, those that are planted in the house of the Lord flourish in the courts of heaven. In other words, I will find my purpose also as I actually rise up. In other words, as God starts to bless me in my life, my purpose will look, my purpose will be more, uh, um, Solid. My, in other words, if I'm going through life and my, you know, my car is held together by Jesus bumper stickers, it doesn't matter what kind of purpose I have, there's not going to be many people that receive me in that. But if I'm actually walking in the prosperity of God, I'm not just talking about money, but his, his provision is on me, his blessing is on me, then when the purpose and the calling is dropped into there, it actually makes me look like I know what I'm doing. It actually says, hey, and not only do I know what I'm doing, but the God I represent, it's awesome. Well, how does that come about? By flourishing in heaven. How does flourishing in heaven come about? By being planted in the place where God's called you, in the body of Christ, in the church that God's given you. Give yourself to that place. These are two things we know that we're supposed to be doing. But I can't tell you how many people are out there trying to find their purpose and calling. And they're not winning souls and they're not planted. They're not, they're not supplying to the body. And the problem with that is they're never going to find their exact purpose and calling and it be correct or have the right foundation and roots. Because they're already ignoring the, two of the main things that God told them to do. So if you're trying to find your purpose and calling, be about the Father's business. What has He already told you to do? Not just personally. What has He told every believer to do in His Word? What's already sitting in here that He's told you and me to do and I should be doing no matter who I am or what my call in the body is or what my purpose is, this is what He's told every believer to do. Am I doing those things? And so every time you run across something in Scripture and it says, hey, you need to be doing this, like having the fruit of the Spirit, Love, joy, peace. You know, you don't need to be, you want to find your purpose and calling? Don't be cussing out the waitress at the, at the Longhorn, you know. Don't, 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 be, don't be putting on, you know, a, a lack of gentleness. Put on gentleness. Put on love. Put on forgiveness, right? Put on uh, long-suffering. Put on patience. Put on kindness, right? Put on the fruit of the Spirit, you need to be going after these things. We need to be studying to show ourselves approved. We need to be spending time with God. All of these things, in doing what he's already told us to do, we're about the Father's business. And God will say, at the right time, he'll say, hey, they need this. And he'll drop the purpose and calling on you. So we're about to wrap up. I'm not quite done. i got a couple of things I want to show you. But go ahead and share it. You know somebody that needs to hear this. Share this. All right, so then... 
I had a situation, multiple things that have happened over the years. I'm not going to go into details. But there's been times where even in pastoring uh, in Boomerang where I've been bored. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm getting anything done. It's been frustrating. I don't even feel like preaching on Sunday morning. And uh, there have been moments like that. Not all the time, but there have definitely been moments. And uh, I just got, I got frustrated. Hey, Pastor Danny, good to see you. And uh, times where I'm sitting there going, I'm bored. I want to do something. And I'd, I'd go to the Lord and say, am I doing something wrong? He'd say, no, just don't get weary and well-doing. Just keep doing what I've told you to do. Keep doing what I've told you to do. Keep doing everything I've told you to do. And don't get weary. And, and I was like, okay, all right. So I get about the Father's business, and all of a sudden I turn a corner in spiritually in my life. I turn a corner spiritually.